Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is such a great conversation about America, our future, what's going to save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here. Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. Former Acting U.S. Attorney General. Under President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whitaker. Today's guest is my good friend, Pam Bondi, former Florida Attorney General. Hi, Pam. Hi, Matt. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. You finally invited me on after all this time. Well, the truth is, and those that have watched all of my episodes know that I've been just trying to make the show good enough so that I can have <laughs> you on. And uh, with our uh, early technical challenges uh, it, that we just experienced, even trying to connect to this one, uh, you can see like it's you know it's all uh, JB Weld and bailing wire and a little duct tape that's holding the Liberty and Justice machine together. Well, it works great, and you have a great intro, too. I love it. And I was with you in Iowa when President Trump talked about you being a great football player. Yeah, and you and I just saw the president recently, and he uh, it also said great things about you and I. Um, I never feel like uh, uh, I deserve that, but I'll take it, right? Uh, well, he loves you. You're a great attorney general. I mean, you did so much for our country, Matt, and... You continue to do. You're out there fighting every single day, and I'm blessed to be considered to be one of your good friends. You're yeah. certainly one of my closest friends. Yes, and I, I cherish that because I think a lot of you know growing up is when you find new friends uh, that you can build that level of trust that you and I have. That is a certainly not only a blessing, but it's it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to to you know, especially in the business you and I are in, to, to trust people and to you know, no one like folks. So I, I really, you are a true patriot and I have always enjoyed every project we've been able to work on together. Um, I think, you know, this, since this show uh, debuts on the CPAC, now you're going to see a lot of people that know and love you and probably people that have don't know you as well as they'd like to. So I'd, I'd actually like to start from the beginning. I mean, you, um, are really a prosecutor at heart. Uh, you know, you, you, Matt, I lost you, you started your career just in the courts, uh, trying cases. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? And then, um, and then we can talk about how you became Florida AG. Great. Matt, I lost you for a minute. I don't know if you can hear me now. I hear you fine. Yes. Okay, great. I can't see you anymore, but I can, I can hear you fine. Um, I think you asked about, well, I was a prosecutor for 18 years. Um, I interned there when I was in law school, never thought I wanted to step foot in a courtroom, and then fell in love with it. Um, I tried four jury trials when I was still in law school. When you do a certified legal internship, the Supreme Court lets you do that. I probably right. lost most of them, but it was so much fun. And, um, and I never wanted to do anything else. I never made a resume. I went straight from being an intern into the state attorney's office, stayed there 18 years until I... I say lost my mind and decided to run for attorney general. And so how, I mean, Florida is a big state with a lot of people. And 22 million. Yeah. How, how do, how do you go about, I mean, you know, how do you go about running for attorney general uh, of Florida? Cause I mean, it just, it seems like 
it's one thing to raise your hand, but I'm, you know, did you have a primary? Did you, um, you know, sort of have to go around? I mean, I assume you traveled the state in a circuit almost just uh, through the election. But just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I did. I actually had a pretty nasty primary. I ran against um, a very nice woman named Holly Benson and um, a guy named Jeff Kotkamp, who was the sitting lieutenant governor for Charlie Crist. So it was um, quite an ordeal. I always say I'd rather get stabbed in the heart by a Democrat than in the back by a Republican. Yeah. And, um, you know, got, he got pretty ugly with the two women running. But, um, but yeah, I prevailed. And so back then in 2010, when I ran, Matt, there weren't, it, it wasn't social media like we have now. I mean, it was crazy. It was in a car. And, you know, my state is huge. Driving from the panhandle down to the Keys. I mean, it's dozens of hours. It was crazy just all the time in the car and grassroots and knocking on doors and meeting people and doing town halls. And it was truly running the first time meeting the people was a highlight of my career. And I learned so much. You know, we've just been watching. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm digressing a minute. Have you seen Dope Sick on Netflix? I have not seen Dope Sick, but Ooh. if that's a recommendation, I think I, I will have to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, it's all about, obviously, the oxycodone problem in our country and abuse. And that's how I found out about it in 2010, was traveling the, the state of Florida and getting to meet parents who had lost their kids to drug abuse. Matt, I couldn't, I really, I couldn't go anywhere. Whether I was in Little Havana in Miami or the most affluent neighborhood, Windermere in Orlando or the Panhandle, Mothers are coming up to me, showing me, giving me pictures of their kids that they had lost to oxycodone. I framed those as my inspiration when I got elected. And, um, and so going around the country like that, campaigning and really truly meeting the people and hearing what people cared about and what was horrific for them and what was happening changed my life. And then I fought like heck for, um, for legislation to shut down the pill mills which is what we had in Florida. Basically, in Pilmels, there were doctors wearing, um, drug dealers wearing white coats. They were doctors who had drive-through almost service. They were just signing yeah. prescription pads. People were coming in there, getting oxycodone all over the state of Florida. And I mean, I was a prosecutor in Tampa, Matt, but I had no idea that was happening until I ran for office. So, you know, we passed now some of the toughest laws in the country against the doctors. Um, and no more doctor shopping in Florida. So that was, um, that was a big, uh, when I ran 98 of the top 100 oxycodone dispensers lived in Florida. Now, none of them do. Wow. And you know, so, so anyway, so that was my, my campaign trail, yeah. um, when yeah. I ran. So it was, you know, it was, it was worth every second though to, to do it. And hopefully you see, it was so overwhelming and you start off saying, if I can save one life, it's worth it. And that's how, you know, without getting overwhelmed, I think that's how, I, and I tell everybody that when they're running, just stay focused on helping one person and then it just grows from there. Well, and you saved uh, countless lives through your efforts on that front that you described. And, you know, we, we obviously, we first met um, when I was at DOJ and you were attorney general um, on, you know, working on sort of the new uh, problem, which is <gasps> fentanyl. Um, right. And, you know, I think actually we made some significant progress. Um, uh, but, you know, Joe Biden, uh, through his open border policy, has completely reversed those gains. I mean, I have to share 
with you that I, you know, I love um, campaigning as well. You know, I've run statewide in Iowa, not as successfully as you have in Florida. But, um, you know, I, I would agree. I think, you know, so much of it is is the interaction with your fellow citizens. Um, you know, I guess the, the fun question I would ask is how did you find uh, all that windshield time to, to make it productive? I tried to learn Spanish and also started <laughs> reading, uh, listening to books on tape when I wasn't, you know, making campaign fundraising or, uh, you know, calls to, uh, you know, voters. So, but did you find a way to make some of that time productive? Reading. Reading, reading everything I could get my hands on. And then it really became about the drug epidemic, too. Um, reading everything about that, that became so important to me. But yeah, and I have motion sickness. So that was a huge issue for me. And I was able to overcome my motion sickness by staying so focused, just reading giant binders, you know, old school in the yeah. car and briefing books everywhere I went. So, yep, that was how I, I stayed focused. No downtime. I've found um, I can't. I have a hard time reading in the car as well. But I've found that as long as I don't have out of the peripheral side, you know, the the landscape going by, I can read. But as soon as I catch that landscape moving uh, out of the the corner of my eye, then that's when I start going. Ooh. That's <laughs> but, exactly right. You have to look down and stay focused. That's a, that's what I did. That's right. I think also one of the frustrations, at least for me is the food options on the campaign trail are usually limited to um, horrible choices. <laughs> okay, so we don't want to talk about that. That is when I put on so much weight was yeah. campaigning. And then when you're AG, nothing changes. That's so right. And the first thing I did when I left office was go on a big, huge diet. Yeah, and there's there's got, I know, you know, if the Lord uh, decides that, there's an opportunity for to run again. I will tell you uh, that is the, probably the most uh, the habit I need to change is you know there's just too many great uh, especially this is going to surprise you but um, <laughs> convenience stores in Iowa there's Casey's and Come and Ooh. Go to name two and they have their food is just like it's too good but it's just not healthy and so you're eating breakfast pizzas and you know, chugging down coffee and diet cokes and then you're you know, eating hoagies and all sorts of um, bad food. Mostly the breakfast pizza is what gets me at Casey's. But well, and you're not running, you're not moving around a lot. If you because no. you're yeah, always you're in the sitting. car, you're giving yeah. a speech, so you're not burning any of those tremendous yeah. amount of calories that yeah. that you're intaking on the campaign trail. That's right. But so now think, we're athletes, Matt. Exactly. Now we're you, we're, it's, we're going to get all in about shape. The mindset, That's a joke. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. all about what you identify as, and so. <laughs> We both identify as athletes. You're yeah. a more successful athlete, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, far from. I'm aspiring anyway. So I think the first time you, um, I think your work as attorney general in Florida was tremendous, and you obviously are well known, especially in your home state of Florida. But you know, the first time I think you popped on the national stage was in when you joined uh, President Trump's first impeachment defense team. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that experience? So you had, you know, you you all of a sudden were, you know, uh, in the White House uh, working with some, yeah. some great lawyers, and uh, you know, tell, give us, you know, give the, the the viewers and listeners to Liberty and Justice a little bit of sense of what that was like to uh, participate in such a high profile uh, event. You know, when when you're in the middle of it, you're really not thinking about it being high profile. You're thinking about the stakes and the consequences. They were trying to remove a sitting president of the United States for a perfect phone call to President Zelensky, of all people, in Ukraine. And 
what they tried to do to him, well, you know, we've seen it since he came down the escalator. But the fact that they took it so far as to try to impeach him, we didn't take anything for granted in that. And, and you know, you say you're in the trenches. We were in the trenches. I mean, we were at the White House till midnight, one in the morning um, with Pat Cipollone, Pat Philbin. I mean, incredible people I got to be so close with. Jay Sekulow, of course, Jane Raskin, the whole team of, of, of lawyers and incredible, incredible support staff. Um, I mean, it was just, and the justice attorneys there are amazing. The White House staff, they were so great, so great to work with throughout all this. And, um, but you know, you never know. And then you're down there on the, the floor of the Senate and, you know, can't believe that Mitt Romney, a Republican, is going to vote to impeach the President of the United States. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it was an interesting dynamic what happened, but, but for the most part, it was, um, it was, it was good. I mean, it was good, obviously, because we prevailed and we pretty much knew we would because they had nothing on President Trump, but the fact that they tried it and they keep trying it, that was, we call it impeachment 1.0, then there was 2.0 and now, you know, it just continues and continues and continues. But, um, but it was an honor and a privilege to, um, to be part of that team. And with Tony Sayed came in to help us as well. I mean, with so many great people on that team. Right. I, obviously, a lot of us watched uh, those proceedings, uh, you know, every minute of it. And, uh, you know, obviously your, uh, you know, presentation was tremendous. As you look around the room and you do a trial like that, I mean, you're a very experienced trial lawyer. So I, I don't think standing up in front of uh, a jury um, is intimidating for you. But as you look around, Pam, do you see... Um, you know, do you see these recognizable faces like Mitt Romney and Mike Lee and all those types of people, Chuck Grassley, uh, and and say, wow, I can't believe I'm in front of these guys? Oh, well, Senator Grassley was a sweetheart to work with throughout the proceedings. Actually, all the senators were, um, you know, even I can't believe I'm going to say this. You know, Chuck Schumer was respectful. Um, you know, every it was it was a professional atmosphere in there. I'm glad Pelosi wasn't in the room. Um but it was it was a respectful atmosphere in there, and you know we really didn't have none of us really had any confrontations with um, with, with anyone throughout the proceedings. It, it you know professional, professional. Yeah. Good. Well, um, so now um, let's fast forward to present time, and now you are. Um, you're doing several things, but a lot of your work is centered at America First Policy Institute, um, a group you know you and I co-chair. Yeah, you and I co-chair the um, Center for Law and Justice. But you spend a lot of time on the Constitutional Litigation Project. So why don't you talk yeah. a little bit about what your work on that is? Because I know you guys have been doing some serious uh, litigation in that front. Yeah, we do, and it's it's really it's pretty amazing to get to participate in that as well. You know, of course, you know, we've sued big tech, meaning Twitter, Facebook and and others. Um, it's it's been, you know, President Trump is our main plaintiff and that's going to go up to the U.S. Supreme Court. We are certain we got removed from Florida shock, you know, and taken to California. So right. we, we knew it would be an uphill battle once that happened, because, of course, they're all headquartered out there. So we knew that would happen, but this is going to continue up to the Supreme Court, and I think there's going to be a really good ruling. But one, Matt, that I'm so personally involved in right now is as an amicus brief that we wrote. We joined in, actually, with Chris Kobach um, about our Air Force um, men and women and personnel who are being fired 
from the Air Force for refusing to take the vaccine for religious purposes. I mean, these are, and now look at, look at what's happening in our world. I mean, these are fighter pilots. These are linguists who speak Russian. Some speak Chinese. I mean, it's crazy what they're doing. Yeah. And they have strong religious beliefs and they will not get vaccinated. So they are firing them from the military. And when I say firing them, it's not exactly a dishonorable discharge that they're trying to do, but it's the equivalent of it yeah. that people will know that they left under bad terms. They don't get their pension. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible what they're doing to them. And so we're fighting that every step of the way. And I'm so proud to be part of that and to get to know personally a lot of these people in, in, a, in the military who are going through this. But Matt, it's a different world when they're doing that, you know, when they're doing that to our great men and women in uniform who are out there fighting for our country. Yeah, it seems like they're um, really trying to undermine the future of our country, not only through you know, these vaccine mandates uh, to the military and getting rid of some of the best and the brightest without even giving them a chance to, you know, express deeply held religious beliefs. But now, you know, the suggestion that they're going to force kids to get vaccinated before they can go yeah. to school. I mean, it's uh, for the COVID. And that that is what um, I think this 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 uh, this administration is completely out of control. And I, I guess we should have known that after eight years of Obama, that if Joe Biden came in with the same kind of people, that they would try to do the same uh, kind of lawless acts. Um, but but it's just what you, yeah. it's breathtaking, especially I'm sure when you're litigating against them on these policies, you know, the, an, a, an experimental uh, vaccine that has not uh, been going through the rigors uh, through a, you know, a sort of a I don't know, an, an innovative at best uh, method of delivery through the mRNA system. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that you all in uh, the other center there at uh, AFPI or one of the other centers are, are taking that on. I think those warriors need our help. And, uh, you know, like to your point, uh -huh. like what, what a bad time to go after these folks uh, when we need them the most, you know, fighter pilots and linguists and, and, and really everybody that serves our country, you know, should should get should expect more uh, from their commander in chief. But you know, this is what we get. But there well, are the heroes. Yeah, no doubt. And that that's one of the things when I first got to know you that made me like you so much was how you've always stood up for our men and women in blue, whether it's our law enforcement or our, our military. Always, all of our first responders. Yeah, and that's one of the the goals of this this show is to um, not only highlight uh, law enforcement. You know, we've had Sheriff Lamb uh, on this show. We've had uh, other attorneys general. And now we have you because we were ready to have you. You know, sort of the, ah. the old saying is, you know, when you're ready, the teacher will, when you're ready to learn, the teacher will appear. Well, when your show's ready, the best ah. guests will show up. You're uh, letting me in the boys club. This is good. <laughs> well, so some, a, a couple folks have pointed out the uh, lack of gender mm -hmm. diversity on this show, and I am right. determined uh, to balance that out as best I can. Uh, but we still have our core audience, which is you know why we. I'm going to transition to our next topic, and I'm just going to say one word, and this is not Joe Biden one word, this is, but um, <laughs> a real one maybe, word. Maybe it's actually two words. But uh -oh. Champa Bay, what's that mean? It sure does. Yeah, we've got, uh, we love the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, we're not doing so great this season so far, but we always come back and do great. And obviously we have Tom Brady, who everyone loves. And, you know, my neighbor right down the street is Cameron Brait, who got injured 
pretty badly. I don't know if you saw last game. He was taken out on a stretcher, but he's he's back home and um, doing well. But, you know, lots going on, and I'm, I love our coach, Todd Bowles. We've got such a great coach. And, you know, they're even going after him. Have you seen that on the news, Matt, what they're yeah. trying to do to Todd Bowles? Not going after him, but saying things, trying to cause a racial divide in football. If anything in this world brings us together, it's football. It's sports, right? Unless you have a man and women swimming, but that's a story for another day. But, but it's football. And, you know, so they start talking to Todd Bowles. I'm sure your, your, your viewers have all heard this, but saying you guys and the way you grew up about Todd and another black coach. And he, and he just responded so well and so eloquently and said, you know, basically, you people are the ones causing this divide. Right. And it's, it's, he doesn't see himself any differently. No, no one sees him. He's a, he's a phenomenal football coach for, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, they just try to, the media, it's the media, just trying to cause these divisions still in our, in our world. And they hate it. Uh, you know, and you see the same going on in Arizona with Kerry Lake. Well, they hate it when it's turned around on them and their assumptions are challenged. They, they don't have an answer because their agenda is, you know, blinds them to believe uh, this narrative. I mean, if you disagree with kind of their their narrative, they, they sort of they stammer and are, are, are almost like a does not compute uh, situation with a right? robot. They just kind of, yeah. they, they, they don't know how to react. I mean, the, uh, you know, I think, you know, coach um, is so smart, uh, you know, to not take the bait, to not, you know, sort of. And call him out. He yeah, called him exactly. out. exactly. It was it's, great. You know, he handled it so well. And anybody that hasn't seen it should, you know, it's only a couple minute interview, part of an interview, but it's so worth your time to watch uh, the coach uh, for Tampa Bay suggest, you know, just push back on this, on this suggestion but you know i mean obviously um you know we and i've said this several times but we as a as citizens of the greatest country in the world and the greatest you know idea ever conceived uh, by human beings and it's you know obviously i believe inspired and and blessed by god um have one charge and that is to create a more perfect union not a perfect union, but a more perfect union. And I think, you know, American history uh, should be celebrated, but it should also be reflected upon and look for ways that we can improve our society as a whole. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if we have, you know, a growth mindset, we were talking about mindsets earlier, being an athlete, but if you have a growth mindset that, you know, you can get better, we can get better as a country, um, you know, but we need better leadership. That's where it boils down to. You know, we need better leaders. Uh, we need to elect a better class of people. We need to, we you know, not have these, you know, lifetime career politicians, um, you know, that that unfortunately uh, have not, uh, have no skills other than be a politician. I think, you know, yeah. society isn't as good without. Well, and I feel like, Matt, too, some of these guys have a sense of entitlement. Yep. You know, because of their name, they feel like, you know, that they should be in office forever. And then I feel like that's when they become too out of touch with their constituents and their voters. And, you know, when I ran for AG, I said I was two term limited and I go two terms. I'm out not running for office again. And from 2010, I've never wavered on that. Never wavered um, my choice, you know, that I wanted to be a two term attorney general. And that was it. But I went up there to make a difference. And hopefully I made a small difference, but, yeah. but knowing though that I didn't want to continue on. And in Florida, we have term limits, which are a great thing. 
great thing in my state. And I live in a free state as well. So do you. I'm a big fan of Florida. Everyone that knows me knows that, uh, especially Florida beaches, because, you know, I'm always so uh, well tanned uh, and love the sun so much. But, um, well, Pam, I just thank you for taking the time. We're going to have you on again, um, you know, in the coming months. This is uh, the first season of Liberty and Justice. I've tried to bring on the people that I know, love, and respect, and there's really nobody... uh, that I know, love, and respect more than you because wow. you are such a great patriot. Uh, you always say yes. You raise your hand. Um, you are willing to be uncomfortable while you figure things out uh, if you're you know, on to a new project, and I just admire you so much. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you for joining me uh, today. Thank you, Matt. Invitation, come down to a Tampa Bay Lightning game with us. I can't wait. I'm a huge hockey fan, as you know, and so we'll, we'll take just wait. On We're on the ice. Come down with us. All right. Well, thank you, Pam Bondi, for being on Liberty and Justice. As you, everyone knows, you can catch everything I'm doing at Whitaker.tv. This show premieres every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern on CPAC Now, and then, of course, if you want to listen to it everywhere, the good podcasts are uh, distributed. So, thank you, Pam, and we'll talk to everybody soon. <laughs>